Welcome to The Academic Citizen, a podcast about critical issues in higher education. The podcast is sponsored by ASAWU, the Academic Staff Association of Wits University, based in Johannesburg, South Africa. Our podcast aims to explore, debate, and understand a wide variety of issues about university life relevant to staff and students. We look at issues in South Africa, Africa, and beyond. In each episode, we speak to a guest who has special insight or expertise in a particular subject, and we also bring in student voices linked to that theme. My name is Mahita Ikani, and I'm your host. Okay, I'm Tiren, and I'm studying chemical engineering. It's definitely unfair because I think them being there allows, them, allows the university to get more uh, government grants. So I think they're really important to, to the institution and it should be treated much better than just getting a statement. They should, have, they should be treated as proper employees. I'm not sure if they'll be able to get a union to fight these struggles, but Vitz had to do it. I mean, Vitz uh, seems like they're the ones that start all our big campaigns and I think it's a good thing that they started this a union to protect because they are the ones that impart the information. So I think they deserve this. Uh, they definitely should be treated better. Um, if they need things for their research, it should be provided to them. There should be probably more budget. I'm not sure what's the budget now, but I think uh, if I look at some of the, the labs and stuff that's going on, it doesn't seem like it's too up-to-date. So I think they should be given more resources for their research and overall we get more money because I, they also have lives and families and stuff that they have to look after. They can't just rely on outside work if they have any outside work that is as well. So, yeah. In this week's episode, our topic of discussion is the postdoctoral research fellowship. These postings are an increasingly popular choice for many recently completed PhD scholars. But how do they work? And more importantly, are the candidates who take them up happy? Our guests today are Dr. Jakobus Dinner, who is a postdoctoral fellow in theoretical physics at the National Institute for Theoretical Physics at Stellenbosch University, and Dr. Sadna Matura, who is a postdoctoral fellow in biochemistry at the Biochemistry Protein Structure Function Research Unit at Wits University. They are both the co-chairs of a newly established network for postdoctoral fellows in South Africa. Welcome to our guests today, Dr. Jakobus Dinner and Dr. Sadna Matura, who are both representatives of the South African National Postdoctoral Network. So welcome to you both. Hi there. Thank you. Let's start with perhaps just a basic question. So what is the National Postdoctoral Network? Why was it formed and what are its aims? Sadna, would you like to get us started on that? Sure. The South African National Postdoc Network was formed earlier this year at an NRF engagement session. And Jacobus and I said we interacted and we decided that there are common challenges that face postdocs in general, and we tried to put a network together so we can address these. Yeah, at this, the NRF engagement session was held in Cape Town. I think a lot of people realize that there's a lot of common denominators or challenges for postdocs between different institutions, but not necessarily that could be addressed on a national level, because I think Postdocs in South Africa is, even though it's it's well established, it's still relatively new and relatively small, but it's growing. It's it's growing rapidly. What we found that because individual at the individual institutions, they might have 
just 10 or whatever, but coming together as a group to address them nationally, that was, I think that was the main impetus for forming the network. And the main issue that we realized was each university deals with their postdocs in a different way. And there's no national definition of what exactly is a postdoctoral fellow. So I think that was kind of the founding question. I also think the main aim that the network would like to address and yeah, just our a common understanding of what a postdoc is. Okay, so so one of the challenges is that each university in South Africa has different criteria and a different arrangement for postdocs. Correct. So people who are listening might not fully understand what a postdoctoral fellowship is. I mean, I'm sure most academic colleagues who are listening will have a good sense of it, but you know, students who are listening might not realize. So you already said that each university has structured it differently. So how are your postdocs structured, for example? Maybe you can start us off in understanding what the complexity is with why postdocs are different at every university by just talking us through, in your experience, how postdocs are structured and and what some of the differences are. Okay. To be a postdoc, firstly, you need to first have your PhD. And then it's a kind of, an I think, internship would be a loose way to categorize where we fit in. But then we're posted at a particular university and we conduct research, but we're between staff and student in some way. So at Fitz University, for example, I'm particularly in a research unit. I do research. I do limited amount of teaching, but how much teaching and so forth has yet to be decided. So that's just one example. And I think that is different in Stellenbosch in Jacobus's case. And do postdocs work on their own research projects or are they expected to kind of slot into existing research projects? We slot in, in my case. Okay. And Jacobus, how are postdocs structured from your experience at your institution? I think it's very similar. It'll be the same for postdocs across, say, for instance, science faculties, whereas you, you have a host, which is just a senior academic who says you can be a postdoc within his group. And then you have a specific research project, but there's an expectation of you to be more independent compared to a PhD student. And additionally, postdocs can also take on teaching duties. But that's not necessarily specified in the contract, but a lot of people are looking for those kind of opportunities because it's further professional development. And what a lot of people kind of forget when dealing with postdocs is it's PhD graduates who made a specific choice to go into academia. So I don't think people really appreciate that postdocs made a specific decision to be academics. I think the world of scientific research or research is a bit pressure in terms of how many people it can employ. I mean, there's not new universities popping up all over the place, but universities are delivering potential academics. Absolutely. I mean, Sadna, I was really struck by your description of the of the postdoc as a kind of internship, and the way Jacobus is is explaining that. A postdoctoral fellowship is is the first step that an academic might take in a kind of long career of research and teaching. It seems to me quite odd that there would be so much uncertainty about the role of a postdoc. Here we've got people who are highly qualified. They've got the highest possible degree in their field, um, yet they're being treated like interns. That just doesn't make sense to me. Perhaps the word intern was the incorrect word to use, but we're in a position where we're trying to get mentorship. We're trying to get further training in in how to become an academic. Well, it just seems like a very kind of junior position, right? Whereas people with PhDs are highly qualified in their particular area. And as, you know, Jacobus mentioned, people who are doing postdocs are choosing to go into academia instead of, you know, the industry or where I imagine they would have much better 
prospects in terms of earning and career progression. So, I mean, Jacobus, can you expand a little bit on that? Like, why is it significant that postdocs are choosing academia as a career path? So most postdocs, if they were offered a permanent position after they complete their PhD, they would probably take it. I mean, a postdoc, it is a temporary arrangement and definitely not the understanding is not that it should be full time, but it is seen as a stepping stone, as a position to better your CV, get more research output without necessarily all the complications of having a permanent academic position of, you know, all the administration that goes with such a position to put yourself in a, in a better position to be hired. And I think one of the issues is that postdocs don't receive a salary, they receive a stipend. And there's an arrangement between, it was with higher education South Africa, which is now universities of South Africa and SARS, that that stipend would not be taxed. So yeah, we're exempted from paying income tax. So similar to bursaries that students receive, there's no provision for dealing with someone that has graduated. I mean, we're not enrolled for a degree anymore, but not a permanent academic staff member, but still receiving a tax-free stipend because no formal policy makes provision that I know of for postdoctoral fellow as an interest group within a university. For instance, the Higher Education Act only specifies representation of students and staff and support staff. And postdocs fall in neither of those categories. For me, that goes back to what we're trying to do is we would like to engage with all the relevant stakeholders, including universities and the NRF. And the way we do it currently is we're trying to talk to the NRF, arrange a workshop, because they are the funding arm of Department of Science Technology, DST, to start a conversation with everybody present on how we understand postdocs. Because the postdoc cohort in South Africa and also probably the world over is only growing because it is a relatively cheap way in terms of that most people are funded either internally, but most postdocs I don't have the statistics, but I'm pretty sure I think the NRF funds a lot of postdocs and also there's other foundations funding postdocs. So it's external money coming into university. So the university just has to host these people and they're getting highly skilled researchers to help with their research outputs or even supervision of students and teaching. But especially the supervision of students and the teaching and the understanding of what exactly a postdoc is, that differs between faculties and also universities. And that's why we are trying to establish, you know, a national definition without preempting anything um, in terms of what it should be. I think there's a bigger conversation that needs to be had. Okay, so we've got a situation in which universities are attracting and receiving the input of really highly qualified exactly postdoctoral research fellows right who come into the university they're often funded from external funding grants that yet they don't have the status of staff right yeah and i think that sounds to me like one of the main kind of challenges that postdocs are pushing back against at the moment sadna could you elaborate on that a little bit more like why do postdocs feel aggrieved in the sense that they don't have full status as staff members? It, it boils down to things like funding, a permanent salary, because, for example, some, some institutions pay postdocs four times a year, whereas some institutions pay postdocs monthly. Uh, you can imagine the complication of that. For teaching, some institutions will pay postdocs for teaching, whereas others would not. So this is why a standardized definition is so important so that we can have one type of ruling to say this is who we are and this is how we need to be treated. 
we are a very, very skilled source or resource, but we are not being given the kind of perhaps recognition. And we don't really know where we fit. And, and because we don't know where we fit, we don't know what our rights are. And that opens us up for a kind of misuse, as it were. Absolutely. And I mean, I, I've seen situations in, in my own faculty, which is quite different to both of yours. I'm in the humanities faculty and you're both scientists. But I've seen situations with postdoctoral fellows in, in humanities faculties kind of being brought into teaching, being brought into supervision, yeah. not necessarily being properly compensated for that, not having any real stability in terms of their their position within the university. And that can be really stressful. Particularly those fellows who have families and things like this and are coming from outside the country and wanting to pursue a research career within our country. They need to have some sort of stability and structure as to how they're being paid and whether they're going to have medical aid or not. Some institutions provide medical aid, some do not. Yeah, I mean, I think there's something just kind of inherently to me that seems unjust about the ways in which postdocs are kind of treated like a special category of advanced student, when in fact they're highly qualified professionals whose talents, skills and contributions should be properly recognized. This is exactly it. And in certain instances, you'd find the word student being used with, in relation to postdocs. So uh, it, it provides a very unsettling position for us. And that, again, is the aim. That, that's why we thought the first thing we need to do is to put together a document or a decision on, on what and who we are. And from there, we can start negotiating on, on other aspects. What would your starting point be? Jacobus, maybe you can take this one. What would the, for postdocs themselves, how would they prefer to be kind of classified? And what kind of position would they like to see recognized for themselves within the university system? On that, I can probably only speak for myself, but I think the expectation of postdocs should be matched by the support given to postdocs by the institution. Like I said, all postdocs chose to be in academia and would like to have a permanent academic position. I think what we would like to encourage postdocs to do at their specific institutions is try and organize themselves into a formal society or an interest group because that is currently lacking across the board. There's only a couple of universities and a lot of them are starting up now. So what we did in Stellenbosch is we organized ourselves, we drafted, we have a formal constitution and we would like to be recognized as an interest group, be it society or whatever. But then we immediately ran into the problem that the university doesn't know how to recognize us because we're not a student society. We're definitely not a staff society and there's no place where we would fit in. So we started a conversation with the Deputy Vice Chancellor for Research and I must say we've received some really positive support from administration at Stellenbosch. And I think there's a lot of sympathetic academics out there to the postdoc plight. So for postdocs listening in, if not within your specific environment, I have always found a lot of sympathetic academics out there, people who know the system, because in asking for something or engaging with is to firstly formalize yourself and establishing what you want at specific institution. And what we try and achieve with the national network is to have two representatives from each institution. And these are not just universities. There's also center of excellences within the NRF where they have postdocs hosting postdocs. And we would like to have two representatives from each institution. Currently, we have, just to give you the stats, we have 25 members representing 18 institutions. To have a representation there and then engage 
let's call them government under the broad umbrella in terms of the governance of higher education and research in South Africa to establish, I mean, the generic what's needed. And I think the best way for my mind is to that the expectation of postdocs and of the institution that should be clarified what exactly is expected for one from the other. And then once that is clarified, adequate support should be put in place to create an enabling environment to achieve those goals. Okay, so the, the lack of a, of a clear legal status seems to be a big issue for postdocs. Yeah. Yeah. Sana, could you elaborate a little more on, on some of the other challenges or complaints that postdocs have communicated to your network? Um, so we've covered the payment issue. For example, at Wits University, we get a certain amount of money as a research grant per postdoc. But that amount is divided up into four, and so we're paid quarterly as opposed to per month. So the various reasons we were given for that were, for example, tax implications and so on. I don't quite understand that, but that was one of the reasons given to us. Whereas other institutions nearby are paid monthly. So where does the standard lie there? I mean, there is clearly a discrepancy. Also, the amount that is being paid. I mean, some postdocs within the university are being paid X amount. Some people are paid close to 2X amount. And, and again, both are not being taxed. Where is the standard on this? Also, how much are we meant to be paid? What is our pay grade or pay scale? Because we all have the same qualification in, in terms of we all have a PhD. So postdocs salaries or grants or stipends, whatever they call, they don't actually appear on university pay scales. Um, not as far as I'm aware, but again, it depends on the grant that is being afforded and the top ups that are being afforded by the host and so forth. No, but by law, it cannot appear on the university pay scale. That is the agreement yeah. with SARS. I see. That's one of the reasons in order to make sure postdoctoral fellows are exempt from tax. Yeah. Yeah. And also on the payment side. Once again, I think it's something that's not appreciated is a lot of postdocs, we will into our 30s. Mm. A lot of them are married or have families and are the breadwinners of that family. So you have some financial obligations, but then in terms of being recognized as somebody who are able to pay the bills in terms of just receiving a quarterly stipend, banks, cell phone, medical aids, all those people are quite hesitant because we seem like a big risk. Because we only get quarterly payments. So we are yeah. interpreted as a credit risk. It's it's very difficult. I mean, especially people coming in have to put down deposits on houses and all those kind of things. So just functioning as a as a fully functional adult is difficult. Okay, and what are some of the other challenges and complaints that postdocs are experiencing? I think in terms of the expectation, a lot of them within humanities, and you mentioned that, are employed as substitute teachers into to have a big lecturing component and not really expect to do much else. Within sciences, they are just expected to do research while they also would like some teaching experience, but then they just there's just a blank refusal in terms of no, that's not allowed to because then your tax status gets in jeopardy. So there's a lot of precarity, a lot of a sense of precariousness in terms of mm -hmm. how postdocs are able to kind of not only progress in their careers, but also all the knock-on effects to the other... Well, just to survive, yeah. Absolutely, just to survive. And and it just seems kind of grossly unfair that, you know, in a country, in a society where we're constantly hearing from government and university management about the need to produce more PhD graduates and that once we have them, we're not doing 
what we should be doing in order to look after them and nurture them and keep them in the system. Yeah, and of course, there was a real drive in terms of the South African PhD program to produce PhD graduates. But this is now, it seems like this is the problem on the next level. Now we have all these graduates, we're producing them. Say, for instance, we're producing X amount of graduates, and there's a certain percentage of those people who would like to go into academia, but that's just growing also on a yearly basis. And those, those are not being absorbed. The university has a lot of policies or structures in place to support, I mean, exactly the kind of issues that postdocs have, but those are only available to staff members or junior staff members. They're not necessarily then being made available to postdocs. So I think a lot of time the discrepancy in terms of universities, because we, we cannot appear on the HR system of any university. So our question is, how do we engage with the universities to make that support available, but still comply with the tax ruling? and when you engage management at certain universities, because that's a complicated issue because it's across departments, not just within research, it's also with HR and personnel. There's a lot of understanding within specific departments. What I've experienced is a lot of people are very understanding within university management, but it's not to the point whereas it will be addressed across management lines to really engage how did these people fit into the whole university society. Yeah. So we've got some feelings of grievance and dissatisfaction around the ways in which contracts are organized, the ways in which payment payment is organized. And from what I understand, there are also some concerns about the kind of healthcare provision and the medical aid situation. Would either of you like to address that? That's, that's actually pretty simple. There, there's none in place. The only type of medical aid provision that's being made is in terms of international postdocs coming in. So with the visa requirements, all international postdocs have to have some sort of medical aid. But if you're local, no provision is made for you. That's for your own pocket. And then to compare that with Wits University, we have a medical aid that's being provided by our institution. It's a very rudimentary one, but it's there. And then if we want any further coverage we then add from our stipend into that. So it's quite different from what full-time staff would have access to. Yes, and certainly it's, it's an entirely different medical aid to the staff as well, because the staff uses a particular service provider and we use another one, firstly. And secondly, this is only for the main member, the postdoc him or herself, and not for the family members and so forth, as it would be in most cases. But to pay for that from your already limited stipend it becomes a bit tricky on the postdoc. Just to move away a little bit from the medical aid issue, another grievance is the host becomes the be-all and end-all, as it were, for the postdoc in many institutions. So if the postdoc has an issue with his or her host, who do they go to? So there's no kind of line of complaint or any support, should there be any grievances? You have a very limited structure in some cases because postdocs are very new uh, in some institutions. I think they have a small number. So how do you go about addressing? Who do you speak to? How do you get support? If you have an issue with your host, what do you do? Well, a lot of postdocs are, are going to just assume that they wait for their term to end and that's that. So what, what kinds of issues are we talking about here? You know, if a postdoc has an issue with their host, what kinds of grievances or issues might come up? Um, perhaps there's a difference of opinion or a personality conflict and so forth, you need to have a mediator present because we aren't really part of a union yet. I mean, Wits University has just allowed postdocs into the academic union, 
but I don't know, Jacobus, are you, are you guys allowed to be a part of any academic union yet? No, because we're not permanent staff. Any typical workplace in that issues that crop up in any typical workplace environment, there are people running labs, people supervising students, people doing research, and you've got a boss. And I mean, we all can imagine what kind of disagreements there could crop up. But at Stellenbosch, and I don't know if it's probably similar to, to what's the case at other universities, is there's a disciplinary or at least a grievance policy for students, and there's a grievance and disciplinary policy for staff, but nothing for postdocs. And we are currently engaging management to to put something in place to recognize that. But a lot of times it's just, who do you go to? I mean, who do you complain to? It's not an HR procedure because we're not allowed to even get close to HR, but it's also, we're not students. It's not a PhD student supervisor relationship. It's more complicated because postdocs, Mm. yeah, postdocs has to assume, are expected to assume more responsibility within the research environment than than other students. Yeah, I mean, it it just seems crazy that there isn't some kind of policy protection at all for postdocs in terms of if some kind of grievance crops up, surely there should be a procedure in place, right, for looking after the interests of both parties and making sure that postdocs have a fair opportunity to lay complaints or for for things to be investigated. Some institutions Mm -hmm. might have what is known as a research office to deal with that kind of thing. But again, it's at a very rudimentary level because of the discrepancy that Jacob has mentioned. There are policies to deal with students and there are policies to deal with staff, but not where we are, which is at this very precarious position, as you said. And another thing is the liability issue in terms of postdocs are expected to run labs, teach in courses or practicals or even do field work, but we are not permanent staff, so there could be a liability issue. How much? We're not permanent academic staff, but we are there as the representative, as a responsible person from the university providing a safe environment for students, but then once again, we don't have necessarily all the protection of a permanent staff member. So it's just that kind of thing. It's exploitation. Yeah. I mean, I feel that it is. I feel ex- postdocs are exploited. They're expected to perform all of these duties that permanent staff members perform, yet they don't have the basic protections that the permanent staff members have. Yeah, that's what it pretty much boils down to in one case. And we would like to see something put in place to just level the playing field clear up all these discrepancies and put in an enabling environment for postdocs to flourish because they are making a major contribution to universities in terms of a lot of the research budget of universities are determined by the number of papers published per permanent academic staff member. So the postdoc papers counts towards the number of papers, but not the number of heads by which it divided to. Right. Let's talk about that for a second because, you know, postdoctoral research fellows are often hired or appointed on the basis of their ability to produce publications. So could you guys expand on that a little more? What kinds of input postdocs make to the research productivity of institutions? Sure. For example, at FITS, our contract states that we're meant to produce two research papers per year of our postdoc contract. Now, at other institutions, that number varies. Some institutions do not have a number at all. So now you can imagine the pressure that puts on a postdoc if your teaching being your teaching hours aren't really capped, if you're busy supervising, you're busy doing other academic duties, and you're still expected to produce these papers. And if you don't produce these papers, then based on that, your contract may or may not be renewed. So uh, it kind of puts 
things into a very sticky position for us. There needs to be a standardization of this kind of thing. Mm. And just to be clear for those listening, universities earn income from the government for every output, every indexed journal article or book chapter or whatever that's published. And that includes by those published by postdocs. And it doesn't necessarily mean we see any of that incentive. Okay, so this is another big grievance, isn't it? That in most universities in South Africa, permanent academic staff receive a small kind of cut of the government subsidy that the university earns for their publications, yet postdocs don't. It, It depends on the environment, but a lot of the time, those publication funding from what I've experienced, it's not directly accessible to the postdoc. So there's expectation to produce quality research, but the fruits of that labor doesn't flow back or not reinvested into the postdoc or at least the environment within the postdoc is working. And a lot of times the excuse used for that is postdocs are transient. I mean, it's both a blessing and a curse that we can end our contracts within a very short time and just up and leave if we get something better or get offered a permanent position. But most people, I mean, permanent positions are very few and far between. So most people are in for the long haul, but that also doesn't get acknowledged. So they don't get also the research support that normal staff members do receive. Um, But in relation to that, in relation to the incentive and money that we can and cannot have, one of the reasons why we can't formally supervise students, for example, is because we can't have a formal grant to pay a student. So that's particular to the sciences, right, that you need grants in place in order to kind of fund postgraduate students. Well, yes, because we can co-supervise. And of course, that would impact on our rating and so forth as as a researcher. But this goes back to not being able to see the incentives and things like this. Because if we if we could see those incentives, the the money incentive from research papers, we could perhaps use that as funding to to supervise students. One of the other issues are that also that postdocs are a lot of time not allowed to apply for big grant funding to run labs. They do all the hard yards, they write the proposals, they get the money, but it's not specifically granted to them, it's granted to their, their host of the supervision. And did all the conceptual thinking and the implementation and all of that, and they, they are expected to administer this grant, but they are not the grant holder. And, and the thing is, a lot of times universities, I mean, the senior academics are just too busy with students' classes running the labs, the departments, the administration, all of that, to to really do these things. But there is an expectation for the university for them to produce all these outputs. And therefore, people just hire more postdocs to really actually do the the hard yards and the nitty-gritty. But then these people are not compensated, not just monetary, but in terms of getting the recognition for the work that's being produced. So there's a whole kind of list of complaints I think very justified that postdoctoral fellows have at the moment um, relating to how they're paid, relating to conditions of employment, relating to grievance procedures, accountability of hosts and their role in teaching as well as research subsidies. So where to from here? Where do you guys see this postdoctoral forum going and what are some of the the hopes that you have for how the conditions for postdocs can be improved? I think there's a lot of issues that could be discussed on individual institutions level on how they they see postdocs, how you value them. But the only real way this would be addressed is in terms of 
a national legislation or something being passed, a common understanding of this. But for that to happen, I think there first needs to be a, a broad-ranging consulting conversation to be had for all stakeholders. For me, the goal of the National Postdoc Network is just to get that platform, the conversation started with trying to get and to get all the relevant stakeholders into the same room because it's it's only going to become more difficult. I think there's a lot of pressure with the protests that we're having within higher education institutes end of last year and also now seems to be cropping up again this year in terms of fees and how universities are funded. With that pressure being put on the budget, the easiest thing for universities to to save money on is just by just not doing certain research activities. But then they are evaluated on those activities. So they won't employ more staff members, but postdocs, they don't actually pay for. I mean, they get funded from outside. So I think there's there's a big conversation that needs to be had, not just about how postdocs fit into to research, but how research in South Africa is done, how we evaluate it, and how we also evaluate, value it in terms of the bigger contribution of what, what it's trying to do. So we're looking for policy change at a national level, and we're also looking for university management to engage seriously in the complaints and issues that postdocs are raising, and to kind of recognize and, and show some respect for the contribution that postdocs are making to the institutions. Yeah, so the way I see it is that we've started this conversation by putting this network together. We're getting some representation from across the different institutions. And now the next step is to take it to these various governing bodies in order to put a legislation together. And once we have this, we can then pass this on to the different universities saying, this is who we are, this is how we need to be treated. And now there's a common ground that has been reached. And that would then make things so much simpler. And it'll be made simpler at SARS, it'll be made simpler at Home Affairs, it'll be made simpler at all these different places different institutions or sectors that impact postdocs. Well, I think it's really fantastic that there is organizing happening, that there is the beginnings of collective action from postdocs. And I really hope that it, it works and that postdocs finally get the recognition and support that they deserve. Yeah, we, we do as well. It's a long road, but we're getting there. <laughs> so for anyone listening out there who is a postdoc or who might be finishing their PhD soon and becoming a postdoc, how do they get involved? How do they get hold of you? In terms of the national network, the best way is through our Facebook page, the South African National Postdoc Network. Also, I would like to encourage all postdocs at the different institutions to engage their research office and also try and and formalize themselves into an interest group at the universities. And that's mostly done through the the research office. So just maybe just knock on their door because we really need this as a ground based organization yeah from from all the universities for this to be successful and for really getting people to listen to us on a proactive and engaging way and not necessarily i want to say disruptive methods i think we would like to because being on the way to academia we, we are very sympathetic to the plight of universities and i think we understand those problems really well but we would like mm. to constructively engage on on finding a solution yeah so we have we have challenges and we just like to find some solutions to them and move forward and get on with our careers from the conversation we've had it's clear that there are many worries that postdoctoral fellows in south africa have how do postdocs in other parts of the world compare how do you think postdocs could be improved 
If you have any thoughts on these topics, please do send us your feedback. Uh, my name is Kulubu Zinyambos and I'm studying uh, BCom Law. Uh, I know nothing about the post-doc thing. I think it's fair because honestly they don't work for the university, which means that they should not get the same benefits that people who work at the university unless they're fully employed. Medical aid, I, th I should think that medical aid is for people who work for the institution as a whole, not for people who are floaters. Unless they can absorb them into the system, then they should. But if they don't, then they should not get medical aid. It's unnecessary expenses. And they're not doing this to enhance the university. The university is actually doing them a favor by absorbing them so that they do this work. It's for their benefit, not for... Of course, the university benefits, but that's just something else. It should just stay as it is. I am Paula Zwalo and I'm studying my honors in international relations. I have heard of them. I think that the treatment of postdoctoral fellows is unfair because the university benefits from their research and the benefits that any full-time employee has, they don't have as well. And I feel as though they make an equal contribution as the permanent staff. I think that the universities could improve this by having incentivized um, payment towards postdoctoral uh, fellows. So this would mean that uh, for the papers that they write, they can have incentives of putting uh, the best, best paper forward and saying that um, the fellows can earn some money if they uh, contribute towards the best paper. Second best paper can also have an, a reward, but this is just an incentive to make sure that they contribute um, important and thorough research and they get some sort of payment for it. The Academic Citizen is a podcast sponsored by ASAU, the Academic Staff Association of Wits University. ASAU is the union representing the interests of academic staff at Wits. For more information, visit www.asau.org.za. The Academic Citizen aims to be a platform for a diversity of views and opinions. We welcome your feedback, comments and suggestions for future guests and shows. Email us at theacademiccitizen at gmail.com or leave a comment at www.theacademiccitizen.org. Today's show was presented by Mahita Ikani. Research scheduling, editing and production was done by Balungi Lembenyane. Thanks to Sadna Matura, Jakubas Dina, Duren, Kulubuse and Mpo for their time. Jürgen Mikkel created our jingles.